speak today on the subject, finding joy in the journey. And it's really been because of my own personal journey. And in my own personal journey, there has been certain things I've had to go through, certain things that I, I perhaps never anticipated in the run-up to those things. And I have had to learn this principle of finding joy in the journey. The truth of the matter is, we are all guaranteed a journey. The only thing we are not guaranteed is the length of the journey. But a journey, we are guaranteed. And in the course of life, things seldom work or work out or happen as we'd perhaps hoped or predicted. I once heard somebody say that life is what happens while we're making other plans. And sometimes that's what it's like. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie Up. It's a cart- it's, it's a animated, animated movie if you ever want to watch a movie that's really for kids but it's got a great message for adults. That's one of those that you can look at. And while we were on holiday now in April, we took that movie with us. And it's such an amazing movie. It's a, it's a movie about this young boy and girl that meet and fall in love. And they've got this dream to go to this waterfall somewhere in South America. And they've got this dream and then they grow up and then they get married. And then things start to happen in life and they're unable to have children and then They have financial problems, and it's one thing after the next, and uh, the, the wife had prepared a little scrapbook in which she had put the things they wanted to do, and, and she had you know, put this together, and eventually the, the lady dies. It's, she gets old, and she passes away, and the, the man is left behind, and he's not a happy camper. He's one of those very grumpy old men. And um, I know that doesn't happen to all of us, but it does happen to some of us. And eventually, he decides he doesn't care what's happening. He's going to pursue this dream of going to this waterfall. And he puts thousands of helium balloons out the chimney of the house, and they go floating off towards what he hopes will be this mountain, uh, this waterfall. And uh, it's a huge struggle to get there. And one day, he's looking through the scrapbook that his wife had left behind, and he'd never looked beyond the page where she had written something about, you know, now let the adventure begin. And as he looked, he discovered she had filled all the pages with the story of their journey, and that she understood the principle of joy in the journey, but he didn't, and he'd missed the opportunity. And as I was watching that, I, felt for, I, I thought for myself a little, in a sense, there's been certain things that have captivated my focus. There have been certain things that perhaps have been the object of my, my hopes, and some of those things didn't, didn't get realized, and in the, in, the, in the pursuit of those things, had I perhaps missed things along the way? And I didn't, I didn't want to do that. And, I, and as we were on holiday in the Drakensberg, I just went for a walk and began to pray and say, Lord, I don't want to, to wake up at the end of life hoping to catch some elusive dream and miss the journey. 
I want to be able to enjoy the journey of life. And as a young man, I had my whole life set out before me. As I grew up, we, were, we grew up in a stage where you wrote down goals and you put your vision down. And we, I used to do those things and I was aiming and it, it seemed like it was an unassailable vision. It was just going. But you know, then I had to face some difficulties that I had not expected, not anticipated. But in the process, I can declare that it has been an amazing journey. And God has been incredibly faithful. And that's what I wanted to encourage you with today. It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, it says, And we know that, what's the next word? All things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to His purpose. How many people here today love God? Well, he's going to work all things out for your good. And as you go down this journey, you can just rest in him. Because he takes all the different things and he weaves them into the fabric of life, the, the picture that he has for each one of us. And so I wanted to encourage you in that today. My first point is that life is about the journey, not the destination. And sometimes... We do focus heavily on perhaps our goal or our dream or the thing we want to achieve, and then we can, we can miss the journey. We can miss the special things that happen on the road of the journey. And life is a journey, and the journey has many stops and turns. Now, that was the graph of how I thought my life would go. It was quite simple. I was born, I'd reached the goal, and they were simple. And uh, that's how I thought my life would turn out. And uh, I mean, isn't that an honest expectation? You want to go from strength to strength. You want to go from glory to glory. Isn't that the way you want it to work? Well, that certainly was the way I thought my life would work out. But what, what more or less happened was something like that. Has anybody got a similar experience? Well, that was more or less, and you will notice that some of the dips almost came right down to the bottom. Now, uh, Joshua Bennett does my graphics for me, one of the members here, and in one of the graphs, he actually made it go below the line. And I thought I should include that one, but I thought, no, let's just not go that far. But that's how, that's how it was, you know, and it was, it was these... these ups and downs and these valleys and these dips. When I went and actually looked for different graphs, I found somebody who in one of the dips of his graph had, an, had a boat on an ocean. That's how, how long it seemed or, or, or how, how vast this, this valley had seemed. But you know, I, I've learned that there can be joy in all of those processes. Now, there's a book called Pilgrim's Progress. It's written by John Bunyan. And it looks at the pilgrimage of a pilgrim or the journey of a pilgrim. And it's a book that is a very interesting book because it shows some of the things we have to go through in life. And he identifies different things. 
and he gives them these weird names. Listen, let me read some to you. Difficulty Hill. Have any of you faced one of those? Palace Beautiful. The Valley of Humiliation. The Valley of the Shadow of Death. I think he stole that one from the Bible. Doubting Castle. The Giant of Despair. The Delectable Mountain. And the Dark River. And so the, the progress of the pilgrim goes through all these different things and all these different aspects. And, and so sometimes I, we might have reason to be discouraged, but I'm telling you, God wants to work in all of it. And he wants to work in your life. And if we can discover the joy in the journey, I believe we can discover one of the secrets of life. Now, for me, the greatest example of this is the life of Joseph. Joseph started out here at the beginning, point A, and he had a dream. The dream was that his parents and his brothers would bow down to him. It's a simple dream. And uh, you would think that the next thing that would happen is his brothers would bow down to him. And then all sorts of things start to happen. The first thing is his brothers don't like his dream, and they reject him. And they throw him in a pit, and then he's sold into slavery, and then he ends up in Potiphar's house, then he's falsely accused, then he ends up in jail, then he's forgotten about in jail, and then through a miraculous set of circumstances, he ends up in Pharaoh's palace, he's able to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, and he is made the prime minister of Egypt, and he saves the world during a great global famine. It's a remarkable story. It didn't go along the straight line route. But the question is, while he was in the pit, had God's plan changed? No. While he was in slavery, had God's plan changed? No. While he was forgotten in jail, had God's plan failed? No. Every one of those occasions, God repositioned him. For the next step. And that's for me the remarkable thing. If you look back today at the life of Joseph, if it had been a dream and a fulfillment with nothing in between, I don't even think we would really take note of his story today. But because his story is a story of great ups and great downs, we can draw inspiration. It's a a beautiful picture in the end of the day. And can you imagine the story of Joseph without the journey? It's almost unimaginable. But you know, God was in it all. Every time God was positioning him, he, need to, he needed to be in the position in the prison to meet the king's, the pharaoh's cupbearer. He needed to be positioned for that. And every time God ju did just that, and so the, the journey has a purpose, and your purpose is not without a divine plan. My next point is the rich fabric of life. While we were on holiday, my father-in-law purchased a certain magazine, which is a magazine I never particularly read, and so I was browsing through this magazine, and in this magazine was a story of a farmer 
And the farmer was relaying the story of how that they had had this farm and they'd been intergenerationally on this farm and they'd always farmed it, it had been productive. Then through a, a set of circumstances completely beyond his control, the farm was dispossessed. It was, it was taken away from him. And as the journalist was interviewing him and the journalist said, well, you know, having lost your farm and having lost all that was precious to you, aren't you bitter and angry? And the farmer said, no, I, I, I'm not. He said, it's all part of the rich fabric of life. And I'm looking at this magazine and I'm thinking, are you crazy? <laughs> it's all part of the rich fabric of life. And I just began to realize that there is a way in which we can look at things. And when we're going through things, there's a way in which we can look at things. And if we can see it as all part of the rich fabric of life, I believe it can make a great difference in our lives. And you see, sometimes when we zoom in and we focus on one aspect of our lives or one experience that we've been through, however long that experience has lasted, and we zoom in on that, we can maybe get discouraged. I suppose Joseph felt like that after he'd been in prison and forgotten about. And if you focus in on that section of his life, he must have been discouraged. But the end result was this beautiful picture, the beautiful picture of his life. And so I believe life calls for a different attitude, that we should see things, the journey that we go through as part of the rich fabric of life. Now, when we were growing up in my father's church, there was a tapestry that hung in the church. And it hung there for years. And eventually, through a strange set of circumstances, it came into my hands, and it's been in a cupboard here at the church for a long time now. And I thought, let me just show you a section of it. That is a section of the tapestry. And I, I wonder, can you make out what it is? Can anybody see what it is? What if I give you a clue and I say to you, it's a painful, what you see there is a very painful thing. Can you see what it is? You see, that's how life is. When we zoom in and we look, we, we can't make sense of it and we can't really understand it. What if I told you that that is part of a crown of thorns? You still can't see it. But what if I show you the tapestry? Then you see the picture. And you see, sometimes in our lives, we're so prone to zooming in on, why is this experience? Why am I this, that? And we, we focus on an element of the whole picture, and we miss the picture. Because we consume. It's a section from the uh, right-hand side top where the thorns of the crown are depicted. But that's how we live our lives. You know, we, we consumed with this issue, this challenge, this hurdle. And, and we don't see that God is weaving a beautiful picture and it's part of the rich fabric of life. You know, we as a family have quite a remarkable story. Some of the story is, is a deep valley. But it's a remarkable story because why? God weaved it all together into a beautiful picture. And so I wanted to encourage you in that. God is not finished with you yet. And the finished product is something beautiful. 
The next point is that the God of the mountain is still the God in the valley. And sometimes when we're on the mountain, we think, ah, God is here for us. He's in our boat. And when we're in the valley, we think, oh, God has forgotten about us. He's not in the boat. And the truth of the matter is that the God of the mountain is still the God in the valley. The God who was with Joseph when he gave him the dreams was still the God who was with him in the pit. The God who was with Joseph when he was head of Potiphar's house was still the God when he was falsely accused. And you see, that's what we've got to learn. Nothing could be further from the truth if you think, oh, well, God's forgotten about us. That, that's, nothing could be further from the truth. Now, there's a song. Let me not share those words with you yet. But there's a song about this. It's, a, it's been around for years. It's a, a real country song. So if you do go and perhaps listen to it on YouTube or something, it does have a real country feeling. That's why I thought I won't play it for you today. But it's, it's a song that speaks about this. And the verse goes like this. It says, life is easy when you're up on the mountain. And you've got peace of mind like you've never known. But things change when you're down in the valley. But don't lose faith, for you're never alone. It's actually a very beautiful song. The chorus goes like this. For the God on the mountain is the God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. And the God of the good times is still the God in the bad times. And the God of the day is still the God in the night. Isn't that beautiful? And that's, I believe, where we've got to learn to live. And then as I was chatting about what I was going to be preaching about with John today, he reminded me of this scripture in Psalm 84, verses 5 to 7. It says, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. What is pilgrimage? It's a journey. Our hearts must be set on the journey. It says in the, the next verse, verse 6, it says, as they pass through the valley of Barca, the valley of Barca is the valley of weeping. It says, they make it a place of spring. How can we, you and I, when we're going through the valleys, the valley of weeping, how can we make it a place of springs? Well, I believe primarily it's in attitude. And I think Joseph made it a place of springs because the next thing we see, the slave was over Potiphar's house. Next thing when we, he's in jail, we see even there he had responsibilities. He was able to make it. He was able to be a blessing. Even in jail, he was interpreting the other prisoners' visions. And so he was able to make it a place of springs. And then it says, the autumn rains also cover it with pools. It's almost like if we will have the right attitude, the very nature itself will come and help us. It's, it's as if God himself will cause things to work together. It says, the autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, 
till each appears before God in Zion. What a beautiful scripture. And I trust that whatever you go through and whatever difficulties you may face, that you will make it a place of springs. The fourth point I wanted to mention is that we need to overcome a besieged mentality. You know, sometimes we can develop this mentality. The word besieged is a military term that means to be surrounded by enemy forces. And in the old days, they would like besiege a castle and they would try and uh, not let people out and not let people in and they would try and starve the people out on the inside and do all sorts of things. They would be, under, they would be besieged and under attack. And sometimes we can live like that, you see. It's a, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a state of mind where we think that we are constantly under attack. I suppose Joseph could have felt like that. I mean, for goodness sake. Here he's got these great promises. He's his father's favorite son. He's got a coat of many colors. He's a special man. And, and now, you know, it's the pit and the slavery and the prison. And my goodness, I bet he could have felt like I'm besieged, and he could have developed a besieged mentality. But the issue, he, he wasn't besieged. God was positioning him for what had to come. And we mustn't develop a besieged mentality. We mustn't begin to believe we are under attack on every side. And to break this besieged mentality, sometimes we've got to get rid of victimization. We've got to change how we talk. We've got to choose joy. We've got to get out of the trenches. We've got to stop wallowing in it. We've got to get out of those things. And it's, you know, sometimes the things we go through are, are not an attack. They could be the result of our choices. They could be just life, just the things that happen in life. It could be something that God is allowing us to go through because he's positioning us for something. And that's what we see in the life of Joseph. Now, I found a very interesting scripture with regard to the life of Joseph. It's in Genesis 41 and verse 57, right at the end of all of this, it says these words. It says, all the earth came to Egypt, to Joseph, to buy grain. You see, when God had given him the vision in the beginning of his brothers and his parents bowing down, actually God had a much bigger plan in mind. God's plan was that the whole world would bow down to Joseph. Not just his family. And oftentimes the promises God has for us, it's only an element of something much bigger. And here we see how the whole world had to come during this time of famine. And he won the battle because he had the right attitude. He didn't live with this besieged mentality. And you and I shouldn't live like that either. I tell you, if you live with a besieged mentality, it's like living with your foot on the brake. We mustn't live like that. Let me remind you that your ultimate destination is secure. Your ultimate destination is secure. And that's what we can know. We can know that for sure. We can know regarding that aspect as children of God that is secure. Now, a friend of mine, Kim, he shared this illustration with me, which I thought was a good illustration. I'm just going to read it. He says, you arrive at the airport to book a flight. The person assisting you tells you that you have two options that are available to you. 
The first option is, the plane doesn't look as good. The in-flight entertainment leaves a lot to be desired. The flight might be a bit bumpy, but they can guarantee arrival at your destination. That's your first option. The second option is that the plane looks fantastic. They fly higher than most. They have superb meals and in-flight entertainment. It's quiet and smooth, but they cannot guarantee that you will arrive at your destination. Which plane would you choose? The first one. Why? Because the destination is sure. And who, who cares about the journey if we know where we're going and we're guaranteed of getting there? And I wanted to encourage you that your ultimate destination is secure. And the journey may not always be ideal, but the destination is secure. And therefore, anything we face is manageable and overcomable with God's help. Last point, number six, don't miss the moment. In the process of the journey, we can sometimes lose perspective. And we miss the moment. We miss those moments with our children because we're consumed about where the next job will come from, or where the next fulfillment will come from. And we miss the moment. Let's not do that. Let's, let's, let's be conscious of every moment. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's trust that God will help us. Let's not be obsessed with the goals. Let's also enjoy the journey. You see, we each have a story, and God wants that story to be a beautiful tapestry of all our experiences, and ultimately, his, his hand is involved in, in weaving it all together into something good, and something special, and something precious. We started off with Romans 8, verse 28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. And I just wanted to remind you, you are called according to his purposes. And he can turn all things around. The story of, of Joseph, in the end, it says, in Genesis 50, verse 20, it says, But God intended it all for good. What a revelation. God intended it all for good. And let me remind you, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope. And a future. And I want to go back to these graphs for a moment because I wonder how God sees it. Does God see it like an up and down graph? You know, I think when God looks at the life of Joseph, he sees a straight line from glory to glory and from strength to strength. I think he sees it like that. I think sometimes we who are going up and down through the experience, we rightfully feel a bit different, but ultimately God sees moving from where we are to where he wants us to be. And maybe in our, eye, in our mind's eye, if we can see God is taking me from here to there, I'm going through these, but I'm going there, we can have peace in our own hearts. And so I wanted to encourage us, let us find joy in our particular journey. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, 
and let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Let us run that race today. Would you stand with me as we pray together? And I trust that as you leave, you will begin to have a change of heart, that you would begin to find joy in the journey. Lord, we acknowledge today that you are at work within each one of us, that you are positioning us and working in our situations, that you want to see those fulfillments, those promises, those prophecies, you want to see them fulfilled in our lives. And Lord, we don't want to, as we go through the journey, allow discouragement to take root when you're actually working this tapestry out in a beautiful way. Help us not to zoom in and just focus on one aspect, but help us to be able to see from time to time the big picture and to be able to rest in you. Lord, we declare we want to find joy in the journey. We want to be able to see the positive. We want to be able to see that and understand that you are at work. And so we dedicate ourselves to that. And we ask, Lord, that we would live with different eyes, that we would see things clearly and that we would truly find joy in the journey. I pray for your people today that as they go, that you would work within each one and that you would bring about your purposes and that your plans would prevail and that their tapestry would truly be beautiful. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.